America. Welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And here at the onset, I've got two questions. I just want you to think about it. I mean, we'll get to the answer in a minute. Uh, But here are my two questions. And they involve Maine and Colorado. And the questions are simple. What happened to Maine and Colorado? But that's what happened to Maine and Colorado. When did they become left of left? And when did they just decide that they didn't like parents? All right, those are my questions. We'll get to them in a minute. We'll get to the answers in a minute. But before we do, I have an update on yesterday's yesterday's show. Uh, we talked about um, Harvard, and, and we talked about nothing changing there. As long as that board is in place, you know, we we talked about Carol Swain saying that 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 board needed to go. Uh, We talked about Bill Ackman uh, posting the same thing that that uh, Penny Pritzker and that entire uh, board, they need to be removed. All right. It's it's a difficult thing. They I don't know, I guess. I mean, at this point, it's a self-perpetuating board, so they're probably not going a- anywhere. But but people that know, people that are a lot smarter than I am, are, are saying this, that, that this board needs to go. Until this board goes, uh, DEI is going to remain. But not only will DEI remain, uh, but anti-Semitism is also going to remain. Just because Claudine Gay stepped down my friends, nothing changes. DEI remains. Anti-Semitism will continue to prosper on campus. Dean, how dare you say that? Well, uh, I, I'm holding this article here. Uh, and it says, uh, interim Harvard president, Alan Garber, has appointed a new anti-Semitism uh, task force leader all right so there's there's someone brand new to lead this task force now th- this task force was put in place after the the uh, ho- horrible congressional hearing where Claudine Gay refused to say that uh th- that calls for Jewish genocide uh, violated the, the code of conduct uh, and so after this uh, there's this task force that's created. Yeah, you know, it's a bunch of um it is a bunch of uh hooey. This this task force is a number one, it's a bunch of hooey. Number one, uh, they know what they're doing at Harvard. And number two, they said, Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna create this task force to make it look like we're clamping down, to make it look like we've got to get to the bottom of this. How do I know that? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. So the, the the leader of this task force, appointed by interim Harvard President Alan Garber, is Derek Penslar. Bum, bum, bum. Who's Derek Penslar? He is a professor of Jewish history at Harvard. He's the perfect person to to front this this task force to get to the bottom of anti-Semitism. I mean, he's a professor of Jewish history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he also defended Claudine Gay after she received backlash for her unwillingness to acknowledge that calling for the genocide of Jews constitutes bullying or harassment. He defended her, their their Jewish professor. Uh huh. What he not only defended her. Uh, he has also promoted ideas that have fueled anti-Semitic sentiment on campus and calls for the annihilation of Israel on campus. This includes an open letter Mr. Penslar signed in August of last year, alongside nearly 3,000 co-signatories calling Israel an apartheid regime over its treatment of Palestinians. Oh, this, you cannot make this up. <laughs> and this, this current interim Harvard president, you know, placed in that position by the Harvard board, they find this Jewish professor who is very pro Claudine Gay and very anti Israel. How do you have a Jewish professor who is anti Israel, by the way? Ah. Uh, I don't understand. So this letter that he and along with the article says close to 3,000 other people. This letter is entitled The Elephant in the Room. And I guess the elephant in the room is Israel. Uh, The letter condemns what it called Israel's long-standing occupation of Palestine. Uh, The signatories of the letter accuse Israel of growing more right-wing and promoting a messianic, homophobic, and uh, I just misogynistic. uh, I don't. Okay. So this is the the agenda, the new right-wing agenda of Israel under their current government, uh, which would be Netanyahu's government. And these people hate Netanyahu. Anyone on the left hates Benjamin Netanyahu. And all of a sudden, they're messianic, they're homophobic, they're misogynists. It further called, the letter further called for the end of American military aid being used in, quote, occupied territories. Okay, so Israel is in an occupied territory. They're occupying. And it's America's fault, and we should stop giving them aid. Here's a direct quote from the letter. There cannot be democracy for Jews in Israel as long as Palestinians live under a regime of apartheid. Uh-huh. So this, this person, Derek Penzlar, he signed this letter. And he he is the... Uh, He's the newly appointed leader of the anti-Semitism task force. You cannot make this up. This is what's happening at Harvard. So my question is, do do they just think that we are incompetent? Do they think we're not paying attention? Do Do they think that just because they have you know, gone through the motions of put, putting together what they call a task force that we're just going to say, oh, great job, Harvard. Look, look, Harvard's out there. They're they're getting it done. Harvard's going to do something about this, this, this horribleness that's happening on their campus. 
when the fact of the matter is the Harvard wants this to happen on their campus. Claudine Gay was doing what the board wanted her to do. I mean, Penny Pritzker's the chair of the board. She's the sister of of Governor Pritzker from Illinois. They, they they're progressives. They're Marxists, and they and they've taken over Harvard. All right, so that that's that's our update for the day. Uh, I, I just. You know, I saw this after after the fact yesterday, and um, it's just it's 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 mind boggling. I, I don't understand it. I do understand it. I mean, they're they're getting you know what they want, and they're just trying to prop up these these fake task force forces, you know, with with you know people that they think are are going to pass muster. So, you know, to the general public, and they would, I guess, to a clueless general public, but you are not a clueless general public. You're not. You, this audience is not clueless. You're on it. You're on top of it. And that's where we're going to stay. And we're going to, we're going to keep the the fires burning and we're going to stay on, uh, on Harvard. I would love to, to have the, the, the university back. I would love to have it back and achieving and fulfilling its its stated goals and purposes. It's a tall order. All right, we'll stay at it. Now, uh, a little bit of fun. Okay, let's let's have a little bit of fun. Uh, North Carolina School. This is from the uh, Alamance Burlington School System. Okay, are you ready for some fun? Apparently. The uh, the kids at Alamance Burlington School System like going into the bathroom and making TikTok videos. The school system said that on average, students use the restroom between three to four times a day. But that frequency has steadily increased to seven or eight times a day. And it's been determined that the kids are going into the bathroom to shoot TikTok videos in the mirror. Because you know that's the craze. We're gonna we're gonna shoot these TikTok videos, but you got to be in a mirror because it makes it extra funny. Uh, so, uh, what does the uh, Alamance Burlington School System do? Well, spokesperson Lee Atkins says that uh, students were going to the bathroom for long periods of time, and they were making TikTok videos. So we decided to. Take down the mirrors. Yeah, we're going to get them. We're going to take down the mirrors. Since removing the mirrors, the school has seen not as many visits to the bathroom, not staying as long, and students are held accountable. And when there's accountability, you see a great difference. I mean, okay. Uh, all right. I mean, that's true. It, when there's accountability, you're going to, you know, you're going to see some change. Uh, Lee Atkins continues, quote, we're trying to educate students. Like we all have cell phones now. We have to learn to use them. We have to learn when to put them down. We strive to limit distractions so students can focus on learning. Though this is an adjustment we believe these changes will foster a better learning environment by minimizing 
disruptions. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, they're trying to educate students. Like we all have cell phones now. We have to learn to use them. We have to learn when to put them down. All right, well, here's a thought. Here's an idea. Just tell the students to put the cell phone down. And, and guess what? Maybe you get to keep your, 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 your mirrors. How about, how about this? At the start of the day, the, the, the students have to submit their cell phone to their homeroom teacher. I mean, just put them in a, in a, in a locker. I mean, they've got these cool little things. You know, they stand about yay high. You know, they, they have little slots in them and you can, and they'll hold, so, you know, so many cell phones. I mean, some of them will hold, you know, you've got three, three columns, you know, maybe 10, 15 slots. I mean, you might get 30, 45 cell phones in one little lock box. I mean, it's amazing. And you, you lock them up in, in the homeroom and, and then you come get it at the end of the day. How about that? How about, uh, how about you teach them to actually put the phone down? All right. Um, you know, because just because you take down the, the mirrors, all right, maybe they're not spending so much time in the bathroom. They're, they're going to be shooting TikTok videos somewhere else. We strive to limit distractions so students can focus on learning. Well, I tell you what, how about you, how about you take away the cell phone then? You're striving to uh, limit distractions. And, and so, and according to this North Carolina school district, the distraction is the mirror. That bathroom mirror, well, it's so distracting. Every time I walk by it, I have to look in it. I'm just distracted by it. I just feel compelled to, to, to take a TikTok video. It's the mirror's fault. Uh, uh, no, take the phone away. I, I get the, um, uh, you know, I, I got to give them credit for, for the spirit. All right. The, the, the spirit of the matter, at least, at least they understand that you have to limit distractions. You know, the, the quote is here, we strive to limit distractions so students can focus on learning. That's great. You know, but they still have the cell phone with them. They they still carry that distraction around with them all day long. Just because you've taken the mirrors out of the bathroom, you've not, you've not removed that distraction. The distraction is in their pocket. Uh, okay, the, the, you've not increased their focus on learning. You haven't. I just, I mean, I don't. You you don't have to be a rocket scientist to to, to do this. All right, so you have <laughs> you you have two choices here. All right, your first choice is go into every bathroom, unscrew every mirror, and and take that mirror down, and then store that mirror somewhere, and then you go do it again for the other mirror, and then you repeat and you repeat and you, and you repeat. Uh, maybe after a week, you've got all the mirrors down. Okay, that's your that's your first choice, or. You don't go through any um, any extra labor, any extra cost. Well, I guess you do have a little bit of extra cost because you've got to buy the little phone lockers. All right, so there's there's some extra cost, uh, but you, you buy the phone lockers, and then you either put them in the homeroom or you put them in the office, and the kids come in 
and they put their phone in their little phone locker in the little lockbox. And then at the end of the day, they get it. Okay, now, now you're teaching him to actually put the phone down. Okay. You know, so he said, like, we all have cell phones. We have to learn to use them. We have to learn when to put them down. Okay, there you're teaching them. You're, you're going to put the phone down. And you're going to put it down every morning. You're going to lock it in this box. And then it's going to be there when you come back in the afternoon. Because you've taken down the bathroom mirror, you've not taught the kid to put the phone down. You've just told them... You know, it's not going to be as much fun to to take TikTok videos in in the bathroom. Uh, you're going to go probably find a different spot to take a TikTok video. I'm sure there's a glass door somewhere where the kids can see their reflection. You're going to start taking all the glass doors out of the out of the building. I, I just I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm not in charge over there. I just. Uh, you know, they understand that you've got to get rid of distractions, you know, and that's good. But um, they're just, there could be another way to go about it. Uh, okay. All right. That's that's the fun for the day. That is the fun news. That is the, that's the fun news segment. And now, uh, you know, now we get to the, uh, now we get to the heart of the matter. We're going to pick up. Colorado and Maine on the other side of this break. And uh, we're going to ask some questions. What in the world's going on? All right, we'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code out loud, global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
America Out Loud is a leading voice in the rise of the new media. It's America's premier news network where smart people go to get their news and information. So congratulations to you on being one of the smart ones. And I hope you've had a chance lately to visit AmericaOutloud.news. The site is it's fantastic. It looks great. It's organized extremely well. Uh, the articles are there. The podcasts are there. Your, your, your hosts are there. I'm there somewhere. Uh, the, the, the site is just fantastic. It looks great. And we are, uh, we're happy to, to have you on board. Thank you for listening. All right. We had a little bit of fun with the uh, bathroom mirrors uh, at the school district in North Carolina. And sometimes it's it's okay just to have some fun. You know, I don't know that I would have taken the mirrors down. I think I would have taken the phones away, but it is what it is. This next, uh, you know, we're going to get into Colorado. Let's get into Colorado first. Before we go to Maine, let's go to Colorado. And I want to set this up uh, by, I want to set up Colorado by playing a, a clip for you between Joy Reid from MSNBC and Tiffany Justice from Moms for Liberty. The Moms for Liberty group, we love them around here. If if you don't follow them, if listen, if you love education in America, if if you are are of the of the kind of person that you want to see uh, education reclaimed and you want to see parental rights restored, uh, then follow Moms for Liberty. Uh, maybe look at finding a chapter in, in your community. And if there's not a chapter there, you don't look at starting one. It's it, it's a group that is what it, what it says it is. It's just moms and they're for liberty. <laughs> they're for parent, parental rights and, and they're for their kids having uh, a, a shot at a great education. So I, I'm going to play this clip for you. Again, this is Joy Reid, MSNBC. And she's speaking to Tiffany Justice, who was with Moms for Liberty. And uh, I'm going to, so Joy Reid asks Tiffany a question. And a lot of times I will just, you know, I'll read the question and I'll, I'll play the answer. But the question is, uh, I can't do it justice. You're going to have to hear Joy Reid ask the question herself. And it is about uh, appropriate books in in schools. Uh, again, I can't do it justice, so uh, I, I'm just going to play it, and then uh, you know we're just uh, we're just going to have to uh, talk through it. All right, let's take a listen to Joy Reid asking a question of Tiffany Justice with Moms for Liberty. What is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue, isn't appropriate for students to read? Okay, so the question is about this book, All Boys Aren't Blue. I've not read the book. Uh, I only know of it from what I've heard about it, and it sounds disgusting. Obviously, the Moms for Liberty are not for this book. 
and they would like to see this book removed from school libraries. So Joy Reid says to Tiffany Justice, what is your expertise to decide that a book, an award-winning book, like All Boys Aren't Blue, is not appropriate for students to read? Okay. Um, what do you notice here? The first thing that 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 jumps out at me is Joy Reid isn't, she's not talking about the, she's not questioning the content of the book. She should be, but she's not. She, she wants to, to know from, from Tiffany, what gives her the expertise? What is your expertise and, and, and other activists at Moms for Liberty? What's your expertise to decide that an, an award-winning book is not appropriate for students to read. Um, you don't have to be an expert here, Joy. It, the reason I'm bringing this up is I, I'm going to, to play for you Tiffany's answer, but I want you to see what, what, what their focus is on. The focus of the left is not... It's not on the argument. I mean, our argument is the content of of the book, and it's obvious. It's it's either sexually explicit or it's not. It, you know, this comes back to that case out of out of Texas, where the you know the judges said um, that the, the booksellers that this was an infringement on their um, on their free speech if they had to to rate. If they had to actually rate the books they were providing to the to the elementary libraries in in Texas, that that's going to infringe on their on their free speech. You know the the rating is is it sexually explicit or is it not? And it it would be in violation of the bookseller's free speech if they had to give the book a rating that they disagreed with. It's either sexually explicit or it's not. It either has sexual content in it. Or it doesn't. It, it, I don't. It, 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 somebody help me. It's it's either yes or it's no. So, Joy Reid here though uh, is is questioning the expertise of Tiffany Justice, and I want you to listen to to Tiffany's answer. She doesn't speak to her expertise. Tiffany speaks to the content of what's in the book. Let's take a listen. What, what, a, what a tragic story of a young man who's raped by his adult family member. So you have incest, rape, pedophilia. In what context is a strap-on acceptable for public school? So there it is, Joy Reid. You want to know what makes Tiffany Justice the expert to decide why this book should not be allowed in a school library. And she tells you it's the content of the book. You know, it's a tragic story of, of this young man who, uh, who goes through horrible things that elementary students don't need to be reading. And if you think that they do, then you have, you have deep seated issues 
you know, and in, in what context is a is a is a strap on acceptable for any public school uh, consumption? Yeah, this answer is perfect. I mean, Tiffany doesn't take the bait. She doesn't talk about her credentials. She doesn't talk about her expertise. Uh, you know, she doesn't start going into her resume. It's not about her. It's about the the content of the book. And it's unfortunate that that the leftists and the progressives, they either they they don't see it, or they do see it, and they just manipulate around it. And it's probably the latter. So this leads us to to Colorado, uh, and and there's nothing fun about this story, by the way. Um, but I, I wanted you to to hear the clip, so so we could set up the the logic and the thought on on one side where the left you know they want to know uh, about credentials they want to know about expertise who are you to say that that this book it's an award winning book who are you to say that it's not appropriate for students to read. That's one side. And the other side says, I, I'm not necessarily the one to say society has determined this content is not appropriate for children to read. All right. Okay. So this uh, Colorado bill. So we're, we're, we're in Colorado. Uh, it is bill HB house bill 24 dash 1039. Uh, it is, portion of it says a public school or institute charter school shall address a student by the student's preferred name and use the student's preferred name in school during extracurricular activities and on rosters, attendance lists, yearbooks, student identification cards, and any other unofficial school recording requested by the student without requiring the student to obtain a court-ordered name or gender change or to change the student's official records. All right. So in Colorado, this bill will essentially force public school staff to call a student by whatever name they, that student wants to be called. Uh, and who do you think sponsored the bill? Democrats. Uh, three of them. Representative Stephanie Vigil, State Senator Faith Winter, and State Senator Janice Marchman. I don't know what the Democrats have with this obsession. Darcy Shoning, she's the media director for the El Paso County chapter of Moms for Liberty. All right, this uh, is in Colorado. You know, so same group that um, we just heard from, Tiffany Justice, Moms for Liberty, same group, different person, but same group. She says the state is now trying to remove a parent's ability to parent their child as they see fit. Names are a deeply personal choice for parents, and it's a parent's right to name their children on their birth certificate. When you can't even rely on what you gave your child on their birth certificate as a name, you've lost a lot more than we realize. 
The measure states, uh, Bill HB, again, HB 24-39, states that the act is necessary for the immediate preservation of the public peace, health, or safety, or for appropriations for the support and maintenance of the departments of the state and state institutions. All right, so this is this is why this act is in place. This is why we have to uh, we have to order all school officials to call the child by whatever name the child wants to be called. Uh, it's necessary for the immediate preservation of the public peace. Uh, what? But but there isn't going to be a public peace. If I if I don't call Johnny, you know some other name. You know Johnny wants to be called um, Big Joe Johnny Hammer, and I don't call him Big Joe Johnny Hammer. <laughs> I'm endangering the public peace and the health and safety, or or for the appropriations for the support and maintenance of the departments of the state. So this this is for the support and maintenance of of the school building i have to call johnny uh big johnny joe hammer for the support and maintenance of the school building uh, just uh, the the rationale here and the logic uh it, it doesn't make any sense to me uh quote the proposal also has no provisions that keep a child from choosing a silly or inappropriate preferred name, like Big Johnny Johammer, uh, or, a, or a preferred name selected for some other disruptive reason. All right, so given normal teenage misbehavior, mm-hmm, silly requests from children under this policy are going to lead to chaos. Because I promise you, some smart Alex is going to want to be called Big Johnny Johammer. I mean, <laughs> I would. I would. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm a high school student in Colorado and I see this, and I know this law is passed. I'm going to demand. Okay, if it's sixteen year old Dean, and I'm in Colorado, I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to demand that teacher refer to me as Godzilla. I am just because to me that would be funny. And then what they're not going to. Uh, they're not going to tell my parents. Obviously, I'm sure that's part of it somewhere here. Let, let me keep reading. Um, it makes the teacher the children's advocate and the parent the child's enemy. This is uh, Mrs. Uh, Shoning again. Uh, what's her name? Darcy. Darcy Shoning. Uh, a section of the bill states that a Colorado Department of Education task force will be set up to decide whether parents get to, oh, here it is, Uh uh-huh. This task force is going to be set up to decide whether parents get to hear about their child's name change after the bill passes. You know they're not going to tell the parents. This is Colorado. The parents aren't going to know a thing. Yep, I am. Little little 16-year-old Dean would be Godzilla from that day forward. I would demand it. I would demand it in the yearbook. I would demand it everywhere on my locker. Oh, I just, uh, then they're going to create a task force to decide if the parents should know. The task force would include, oh man, 
You got to be kidding me. The ta- all right, listen to this. The task force would include two superintendents, two charter school chief administrators, one state department of education representative, two school counselors, <laughs> one primary school teacher, and one secondary school teacher. This is a nine-person task force to decide if parents should get to hear about their child's name change after the bill passes. Don't these superintendents have better things to do than sit on a nine-person panel to decide if parents should get to hear about their <laughs> get to hear if Dean wants to be called Godzilla? Oh, the group would be given a year to decide communication plans for a student. What you get a year to make this decision? Uh, I just I don't understand this. The group would be given a year to decide communication plans for a student who does not go by the student's preferred name in the student's home. Procedures related to parental notification and the process for updating unofficial school records with us. Uh, I can't read it anymore. I, I cannot. Ms. Shoning said the bill is indicative of the state of Colorado's public school system. Our kids are being weaponized. They're being destroyed for political value, she said. All right, so this, uh, oh, I don't, I don't, this is Colorado. I don't even know, uh, I don't even know how to respond to this. And luckily, I, I don't need to. I'm going to take a break because I'm up against it. All right, we'll pick this up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress, on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. 
These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And this, you know, this whole, sometimes this just makes me sad. I mean, you've got, here in Colorado, the Democrats hold a supermajority in the House. Uh, in the Senate, they have a 23 to 12 majority. I mean, they don't need a supermajority in the House. I mean, their governor's a Democrat. And, and they've got these three Democrats here that are, you know, proposing this bill that is school staff would would have to call a child by whatever name the child wanted to be called. And then they are forming this task force of nine people, you know, including two superintendents that, you know, certainly, you know, don't need to be doing any other things. You know, a task of nine that has up to a year to decide communication plans for a student who does not go by the student's preferred name in the student's home. They get a year to decide how are we going to, uh, or if we are at all going to notify the parents. Um, you know, Colorado's a mess. So the other day we were talking about the decline and enrollment in public schools all over the country. And I've got this article here. Since we're talking about Colorado, this article is from what's the date on this? Uh, oh, okay. This is this is a couple days old. Um, January 18, 2024. The article is entitled Acknowledging Missteps. A Colorado District Chief Navigates devastating school closures. Okay. All right. We, we've talked about this. And here we are in Colorado. Uh, in April 2021. So this is about three years ago, right? Okay. The board overseeing Colorado's Jeffco Public School was about to hire Tracy Dorlin as its new superintendent. But first, an urgent matter demanded their attention closing Allendale Elementary School. The district's new chief thought spring was too late for such a drastic move. Parents had already made plans for the fall term. I thought, why are you closing a school right now, Dorland said. We're preparing for next year. Enrollment at Allendale, a school in Arvada, outside Denver, ho hovered around 100 students representing a 45% drop since 2017. All right, so this elementary school has already lost 45% of its enrollment. Some grade levels had dwindled to a single classroom, and the district was losing money on basic services like busing and lunch. 
most extracurricular programs had disappeared. But closing schools was political suicide, Dorland thought. You, you know what, Dorland? Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my comments. I'm going to keep my comments to myself. Then she started visiting classrooms herself. We had families deciding to leave these small schools, even though they loved them, she said. Wait a minute. I mean, that might be true, Dorlin. It might be true. The families may have loved them. All right, but, but why are they leaving? Hmm? You know, what's happening in Colorado that's causing families to leave? Since Dorlin's arrival, okay, this was three years ago, Jeffco has shuttered 16 schools. Four more are slated to close at the end of the school year. All right, so by the end of this year, in, in Dorland's three-year term, this district will have closed 20 schools. Uh, do they not see what, what they're doing? School communities forced to say goodbye to legacy institutions go through something akin to. Or I'm not going to. I'm not going to read all that gobbledygook. Uh, I, I, really, what I wanted you to see is the the devastating loss that uh, at Colorado is going through uh, after a second last minute vote. This article, this paragraph, so a couple. Like a next page or two down. Um, a second last minute vote to shut down. Uh, let me get the article or the paragraph ahead of it. At Fitzmore Elementary, one first grade class had just five students. Small schools lacked their own music and physical education teachers. And after school providers canceled programs because only a handful of students signed up. After a second last-minute vote to shut down Fitzmore, Fitzmorris in the spring of 2022, board members decided they could no longer address closers piecemeal. The district recommended shutting down 16 schools and held a series of community meetings before casting a final unanimous vote in November. The timing gave families the rest of the school year to absorb what the changes would mean for their children. Um, you know, so they're, they're, they're shutting down schools in Colorado uh, just, you know, because people are leaving. Well, I mean, why are they leaving? It's, it's because they're doing ridiculous things like this, like, you know, passing laws that, uh, you know, school officials have to call Students by whatever name they want to be called. You know, parents don't want this. And then and then there's a, a nine-person panel to and they get a year to decide, you know, if they're gonna tell the parents or not. Uh it, you know, uh-uh. Towards the end of the article, there's this little gem. You ready for this? Denver's union-backed school board placed a lot of the blame for enrollment loss on charter schools. So the fact that they're shuttering 20 schools in a span of three years, it's, it's the fault of, of other options coming up, other options available. It's those 
those dastardly charter schools. How dare they? They just keep cropping up and we're losing our kids because of those charter schools. No, it would have nothing to do with, uh, you know, with a nine-person task force at your district uh, deciding, having a year to decide if a parent should know if Johnny wants to be called Big Johnny Johammer or, you know, or Sally or, or, or something else. Uh, the, the point of the law and, and the point of, of the, the Democrats and this education system backing this law in Colorado is exactly as Darcy Shoning of the Moms for Liberty chapter there, it's exactly as she says. Um, our kids are being weaponized and they're being destroyed for political value. And it's indicative of the state of Colorado's public school system. The Democrats in, in Colorado, they want to do this. This is, this is their plan and they're doing it on purpose they're they're gonna they're gonna remove parental authority and they're gonna let the the child have all the authority and at the same time they're they're gonna wonder why they're why they have to close these schools I mean parents are crying because they're attached to these schools and uh, at, you know at the beginning of the article she said you know people are they love these small schools yet, Yet they're leaving. Uh, they they don't love the content of what's happening in the small school. I mean, you would consider these parents not experts in deciding if uh, all boys aren't blue should be an appropriate book for their student to read. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Joy Reid asks Tiffany Justice, what makes you the expert to decide if this book is a, a, an appropriate book or not? Yeah, you know, you parents, you don't have any authority to decide on if a book is a, is appropriate for your child to read in school or not. Well, that's up to the school officials. You know, meanwhile, the, the book is a, a, about, you know, a boy being raped by an adult family member. Uh, you know, incest, rape, pedophilia, but it's an award-winning book, by golly. And if it's an award-winning book, who cares what, you know, What's in it? We got to let those elementary students read it. Um, so the other day we we talked about this this sweeping decline in enrollment. There's a map here which you know shows exactly which schools are are declining. the The minimum has got to be twenty percent in order for the school to 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 be on this map. And I'll link it in my show notes. Colorado. I'm looking at Colorado. Uh, um. Durango School District 9R, there's 12 schools in this dis district, 17% of them uh, have a um, at least a 20% uh, decline in enrollment. Uh, this is the, let's see, this is the Kim reorganized, 50% of them have a, have a declining in well, hang on. There's only two schools in this district, so so one of the two 
has a 20% or more decline in enrollment, and it is Kim Elementary School. Oh, Kim Elementary has a 50% decline in enrollment. So half of the of the families in, in Kim Elementary uh, have said, we're out of here. Let me pick another one. This is Plainview. Two, two schools in this district, both schools, uh, the elementary school has a 37% decline in enrollment, and the uh, middle school, high school has a 30% decline in enrollment. Woodland School District, there's two schools. The Woodland Elementary School has a 32% decline in enrollment. Eagle County School District has 17 schools. Uh, two of them. The high school has a 62% decline in enrollment. And then the uh, the early college, high, uh, oh, th there's two high schools, Battle Mountain and then Eagle Valley. Battle Mountain has a 62% decline in enrollment. Eagle Valley has an 87% decline in enrollment. Let me just pick one more here off this map. Carville School District. Okay, there's two schools here. Carville Elementary has 38% decline in enrollment. Okay, one more. Durango. Sunnyside Elementary, 23% decline. Anamas Elementary, 27% decline. Um, you know, this is Colorado. You families in Colorado, congratulations for waking up. Congratulations that to you that 20 schools in this district in this article here, I don't remember what the district was, 20 have shut their doors because parents are fed up. Now, look, I'm not a proponent of, uh, you know, of, of closing schools, but I am a proponent of, of closing schools if they're going to give us this garbage, this garbage that's happening in the Colorado public schools. Congratulations to you parents in Colorado. You are you're you are supplying us with hope. Regardless of what of what the leftists are are trying to do to our kids, you're giving us hope because you're letting us know that you're tired of it. You're, you're right now you're letting the entire country know that that you are fed up with having these, these leftist policies attempted to be crammed down your throat and you're done with it. Oh, I am so proud of Colorado today. I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just I'm swelling with pride for the good people of Colorado who are just tired and fed up of, of being, yeah, being fed a pile of bunk. Listen, uh, that this is good news. There is hope on the horizon, even though, uh, you know, they're going to try to pass this this garbage that, you know, you have to call the kid whatever the kid wants to be called. Parents are like, nope, mm -mm. Johnny is Johnny and we're going somewhere else. And that's that's what that's what it's going to take. It's going to take us standing up and taking back education in this country. And it's happening. Oh, I'm so proud of Colorado. All right. More good news tomorrow. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>